This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. And right now, the state legislature is gearing up for the final week of its lame duck session, which means that starting next year, it's going to be a whole new crop of lawmakers, some new, some returning, and they are trying to frantically get through a ton of pieces of legislation. And to paint a picture for you, in 2018, I vividly remember being on the floor of of the House of Representatives at, I want to say, 3 a.m., wearing slippers, passing (laughs) out some pizza to fellow reporters who had been there for hours and hours and hours. But this year, it is going to look very, very different from that. That's right. We've both sat through some crazy late night sessions, but this past week, it's been crickets and for sort of a disturbing reason. So we wanted to talk with someone who has been there or been covering it, we should say, Abigail Sensky with uh, WKAR Public Radio in Lansing. Abigail, welcome to Mishmash. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Abigail, let's start with sort of what this is going to look like for you this year and sort of how it's different from previous years. It sounds like for several reasons, you will be mostly staying away from the state capitol. That's right. Yeah. Not only are we in a global pandemic, but the capitol is kind of a cluster of coronavirus cases right now, they're actually being investigated. The House, I should say, is being investigated by the Michigan Occupational Safety and Health Administration after receiving a complaint from an employee for potentially violating COVID-19 workplace rules. And that's basically because they've been holding these hearings where it's not really enforced if people coming to the hearings are wearing masks or social distancing or wearing them properly. And that's led to now 11 lawmakers testing positive for the coronavirus, whether they picked it up at the Capitol or in their personal time off. And I believe 36 staffers now. So As far as covering the Capitol, it's dangerous, frankly, for COVID exposure. And so a lot of journalists and other interested parties are choosing to watch the live stream and cover things remotely because it it is dangerous. And this sort of fits into a larger narrative over the past year about the safety concerns of just being at the Capitol. Try to explain to people why this isn't just an important issue for journalists or lawmakers or staffers or other people who are there all the time, but but for everybody in Michigan who has an interest in what lawmakers are doing. Right, exactly. This particular situation of the House session being canceled this week, the second to last week of lame duck, there's only three more session days on the calendar right now. And the House had to cancel session this week, which really throws a wrench in getting together a COVID stimulus package or extending unemployment benefits. All of those things are things that could be done during this lame duck session that will immediately start to help people in December when federal unemployment and pandemic assistance runs out and a lot of our CARES Act money runs out in Michigan. So these things need to get done, but without both chambers there, business is severely disrupted. Only the Senate is able to be in session right now. 
So, Abigail, I remember when you and I worked the lame duck session in 2018, and we did a lot of hustling. A part of our job as reporters at the Capitol was to constantly be looking for lawmakers to get comments, to, you know, figure out what was going on in some cases, to get updates. How has, you know, sort of having to report virtually, how has that impacted your ability to do your job? I think it's frustrating for a lot of reporters. You know, if somebody doesn't want to answer your question or you have a tough question, you know, say if it's not even about lame duck, if it's about these Senate and House oversight hearings that we've seen going on about voter fraud in the 2020 election, we've seen a a torrent of misinformation at those hearings um, the previous week. And if you're asking a question, you know, a lawmaker isn't necessarily going to pick up the phone if you're answering uh, or if you're asking a hard question. So I think you have to get creative on your sourcing, but it's a disservice for sure to journalists and also the people of Michigan who were really asking questions on behalf of those people. And Abigail, talk a little bit about the environment right now and sort of your sense of how people are reacting to this and sort of maybe the bigger issues that that uh, gets to in terms of how business can move forward at the Capitol um, and, you know, with people not necessarily feeling very secure uh, where they are. Yeah, I mean, that's something that is an open question at this point. I think in other states, you've seen staffers really have a lot of input on how their sessions are being handled. In Colorado, we've seen staffers of the legislature pressure basically how their session goes down and what precautions they're taking. And, you know, at this point, more staffers in the Michigan state legislature have tested positive for the coronavirus than lawmakers themselves. So that's something that you could see, you know, their staff pressuring them to actually, you know, enforce mask wearing at these hearings and a lot of different things. And I think, frankly, that's why we saw an employee complaint um, for Myosha this week. We don't know who that was from, but that was a person who felt their workplace conditions were being violated and it wasn't safe. And, you know, the Michigan House of Representatives could be fined for, you know, up to $7,000 for creating an unsafe workspace. Abigail, at what point did you decide that you, it was no longer safe enough for you to to work at the Capitol, to, to, to start sort of almost exclusively doing everything and covering everything remotely? I think things really changed after the Thanksgiving holiday, specifically, you know, when the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, came to testify. He sat alongside with lawyer Jenna Ellis unmasked in that hearing room for four hours and 40 minutes. And, you know, some of the journalists who were there in person were told if they wanted a seat in that 50 person room, you know, many of the audience members weren't wearing masks that they had to wait in line for two hours. And, you know, I think you just have to think of things on a case by case basis. You know, I likely will go into the Capitol to cover the electors casting their vote on Monday. That's a much smaller event. But in terms of big hearings, you know, that's really a high risk. So kind of following up with the whole concerns about safety, there isn't 
or hasn't been just strictly a COVID concern at the Capitol. There have been armed protesters at the Capitol, and we found out not too long ago that a part of the whole plot to kidnap the governor included a desire to potentially attack the state Capitol. Has that had any impact on you? And sort of how are you dealing with with that also sort of, you know, looming out there? Um, I think that definitely had an impact on everyone in the Capitol press corps, for sure. You know, at that point, we were late spring and the pandemic were, you know, covering a lot of things remotely and going to hearings, but not necessarily, you know, sitting in session always. But, you know, when armed protesters come in, they are in the gallery with press, which is currently where press is. And, you know, we've seen there has been no gun ban by the Michigan Capital Commission. And that's something that they've said they'd like to work on and negotiate with Republican leadership. Um, and, you know, something that incoming House Speaker Jason Wentworth has said he will pick up basically where Speaker Chatfield left off. But I think that's a that's an open question for a lot of people, especially if we continue to see protest. We haven't seen a lot of continued armed protests since late spring. But if that's something that continues to happen, um, you know, it's something you definitely think about when you go into work. You know, Abigail, when you mention press being up in the gallery, you know, uh, all of us have worked at the Capitol in, during legislative sessions. And it makes me think about something that's I think that you definitely have been touching on, but is worth repeating. The access to lawmakers and the ability to ask them questions on the fly, right away, um, when those questions come up, is probably at a, a at a low point in decades. I would assume right now that um, not being there in the committee hearings, not being on the floor with lawmakers, not being able to walk amongst lawmakers between votes, between sessions, that sort of thing. Those are valuable times for reporters to really ask tough questions. And um, you know, this is a really, really kind of a scary thought to me that reporters just aren't able to do that. I mean, you can't replace that with an email or a call. Those things can be ignored. And so that's that's what kind of worries me about all this. Yeah, I think we've definitely seen, you know, a lot more stories where so-and-so doesn't respond to, you know, or comment before airtime or before publishing. And, you know, it's something that once the story comes out, a lawmaker or whoever might choose to comment. But absolutely, I think there's no kind of impetus for a lawmaker to answer that question if you're not standing right across from them and asking them the question. So three more session days left. What are some of the things that you are going to be watching for and what are some things that people should be keeping an eye out for that could happen in those three days aside from, I'm guessing, some very long nights? Right. There's a lot of unanswered questions about COVID stimulus and extension of unemployment benefits in the state. Um, Governor Whitmer has asked for a $100 million stimulus package and we'll see what Republican leadership in the state House and Senate present on that and what lawmakers decide to do on that front. Um, 
their counterparts in Washington are having the same discussions about federal aid. So that'll definitely be one of the most important things to watch. We've also got a slate of criminal justice reform bills that will do things like reclassify traffic misdemeanors as civil infractions, you know, make it hard for somebody's driver's license to be taken away for various offenses and end mandatory minimum sentencing. And that's really, you know, a a through line of COVID-19 been one of the aspects of the Michigan state legislature that hasn't been tremendously disrupted. They've continued to act on criminal justice reform, and it's one of the few areas of bipartisan agreement amongst lawmakers. And the other thing um, that is notable to watch and expected to pass the House uh, will be the approval of money to pay for the Flint water settlement. That passed the Senate unanimously this week, um, but that's a big chunk of change that will come from Michigan over the course of 30 some odd years, and that will likely pass the House sometime next week. Abigail Sensky, amazing superstar capital reporter for WKAR. If you know a reporter or see a reporter this coming week, uh, maybe buy them a coffee or a donut. It's going to be very, very difficult to be a reporter this upcoming week with the craziness of lame duck. Abigail, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Of course. Happy to do it. Well, that's all for Mishmash this week. I'm Jake Neer. And I'm Shana Roth. Thanks for tuning in.